You are listening to Resonance FM. One of four point four London. Resonance FM, London's first radio art station. This is The Bike Show on Resonance 104.4 FM. My name's Jack Thurston. Well, we're into the second week of the Tour de France. They're on their rest day today. Can't blame them. It's been an exceptionally energetic and exciting Tour de France. I can't remember um, when I last was so compelled to uh, settle, settle down every afternoon and watch the, uh, the last couple of hours on the television or catch up with the highlights in the evening. Over the weekend, the riders entered into the high mountains of the Alps and we saw a second stage victory for my favourite in the peloton, Sylvain Chavanel, the man who opens his own oysters and um, occasionally opens up his own hand um, and causes himself an injury in the process of doing so. Sylvain has got his second stage win. Uh, spectacularly, uh, just pipped into the uh, yellow jersey uh, by in the last, uh, most recent stage by Cadell Evans, who is riding, looking very, very strong indeed. We've also seen the crumbling of Lance Armstrong, showing that at 38, maybe he's just not the force that he once was. And we've also seen a few potential chinks in the armour, well, at least one or two, um, of Alberto Contador, um, who was roasted on the slopes of the Alps by Andy Schleck uh, yesterday. So it's teeing up to be a really, really exciting 2010 Tour de France. And I don't know who my money's on, but I'm certainly going to enjoy it. from the Tour de France to an art bicycle ride or a series of art bicycle rides that we now turn. Fleet events are putting on 
bikes and bicycle rides involving artists going and visiting places in Essex countryside. Um, Essex and art seem to go together. Um, we've uh, previously featured Martin Newell riding and reading his poetry around the back lanes of Wivenhoe. And uh, this time it's the turn of Gavin Turk, who um, is famous, probably hates being called a member of the Young British Artist, but that's what he is. And um, he is leading these uh, rides. The next one is coming up on the 17th of July. And Tim Dawson, who you may remember from our book special at the end of last year, um, he went along on the ride on the 3rd of July and filed this report. Meet behind the Martello Tower at Jaywick. That was all the instructions that I had a week ago last Saturday when I set off for the Essex coast to find artist Gavin Turk and a collection of blinged-up bicycles that he's created. What to expect, I had no idea, not least because Turk is one of Britain's leading conceptual artists. He once signed his name on a brick, plonked it down in an art gallery and stuck on a price tag for £4,000. Charles Saatchi might have bought it, as he has much of Turk's work, had the brick not been stolen and replaced by one worth just 90 pence before the eminent collector had the chance. Now, Turk is acting as the lead artist on a programme of events in the coastal towns of Essex and Suffolk under the banner Fleet, Art in the Haven Ports. He's mounted exhibitions and art events in such improbable venues as the Martello Tower, an Edwardian cinema in Harwich and Langard Ford in Fort in Felixstowe. Part of the idea for the bike ride was to find a way of linking these venues. The bikes were extraordinary. Turk and the staff from his studio started out with a collection of Pashley Roadsters, the kind with hub gears and moustache handlebars. Onto the frames of these, they'd threaded fat beads and painted them in a dazzling array of contrasting colours, and applied bright enamel paint to most of the other surfaces. The overall effect was like something from an Indian carnival. And so we set off, on a route that threaded between the tiny, rather rackety houses of Jaywick, and then along the seafront, through a bustling throng of day-trippers arriving from morning on the beach at Clacton. We climbed up to Frinton, past the grand houses of this most selective seaside resorts, and then cut inland through corn and wheat fields, traversing some of Essex's least known roads and lanes. We ended up, after a quick dip in the sea at Dovercourt, in Harwich, the ferry terminal, whose outlook over the water is dominated by the vast container port of Felixstowe, where gargantuan ships deliver tens of thousands of containers each day. And it was there that I managed to catch up with Turk and asked him what it was all about. Well, I, I, what I've done is I've called the, the bicycles, a series of bicycles, there's 20 of them, and I've called them Les Bikes de Bois-Rondes. And um, it's a terrible bit of franglais, but basically what it's doing is it's referring to the, the fact that what I've done is I've actually aesthetically borrowed um, someone else's art. I've actually taken um, an artwork by a French, well, a Polish-French artist called André Cadaret, who made um, a series of staffs or staffs um, in the 70s and used to parade around with these staffs. Um, and they're basically made of like coloured beads, if you like. Um, and he used to parade around with these staffs and claim that this uh, that this parading around with his staff was art. Um, that art could be something um, that you could didn't have to exist in a gallery. Um, and he was breaking down in a way like the walls of the gallery and uh, and suggesting that that art could be in a in a in a just suggested through context. Um, it, it could become. Um, that, 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 that even the process of carrying something could become a, an artwork in itself. And what I wanted to do is try and extend the idea and say, well, let's actually make the bicycle um, an artwork, and maybe we could even make the activity of cycling a bicycle an artwork. 
So I'm hoping that, that, that our, our bicycle journey of 20 bikes um, was, was somehow a kind of artwork in itself. And the bikes, the bikes are decorated in, in rather the way, the, the manner of cadres, staffs, aren't they? So that they are, they have wooden bobbins on in very dramatically contrasting colours. So that they look uh, sort of striped in a way, don't they? Do, do, do the particular arrangements of stripes have, stripes have any significance, or do they? Is it just intended to look jolly? Um, basically, the 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 stripes uh, are, are made with either three colours or four colours, but mainly three. Um, they they exist in in a in a in a sort of perfectly randomised way. Like they, they don't there's not a, they're not regimented in any way. Um, for Cadere, like he would always have a kind of mathematics about the about the colour um, the colour synchronisations and um, and the way that he would always include a, a deliberate mistake. Um, for me, because I've obviously taken the bicycle and made it into a series of this slightly it, it looks slightly like the bike's kind of come apart mm-hmm. it's almost like a, a series of of these um of these beads that that don't almost seem to line up mm-hmm. with one another um and then they're painted in in what what is seem to be the best uh, uh somehow is the, the best version of a of a, mm-hmm. of a randomized form um and, and why cy- I mean, am I right in thinking that you're a cyclist in everyday life? I mean, is cycling in itself something that's important to you, or might it as well have been some other form of transport that I think I, I think categorized? that. Um, well, I mean, I think that uh, obviously, I think cycling is uh, you know is an incredibly um, it's an incredibly important, becoming probably increasingly more important form of transport as. As everybody becomes much more um, aware of the, of the, in a way, like the the, the sort of environmental hazards of, of, of driving, um, it obviously has a kind of uh, local element to it because cycling, it, it, you know, it it, it, loca- it it only happens in a, in a sort of specific location. Um, uh, for me, because the, the 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 bicycles are part of a commission for this um, fleet art in Hayden mm-hmm. Ports, which is a project that I'm the lead artist on, um, which is a series of artworks that happen along the Essex and and Suffolk coastline, and it was important somehow to link and join these experiences together. And the bicycle is a perfect. Um, in a way, like a perfect way of, of joining mm-hmm. those, of joining all those those experiences together, and uh, and just allowing. I mean, again, like I, I, I think it just allows uh, the audience, who all the artworks we'll call them, um, the, the sort of experience of the landscape mm-hmm. around here, which is actually part of the remit. I think the remit of the of the cultural exercise. It's, the route is extraordinarily varied, isn't it? For 26 miles, starting in the sort of weirdness of Jaywick with its tiny little plots and there yeah. were obviously originally East Enders who came out and got their tiny little bit of land and it, it now feels quite deprived to the sort of very commercial seaside of, of Clacton um, and then through the sort of rolling Essex yeah. countryside and then, and then back in through Dovercourt and Harwich with the sort of very dramatic site of the docks at Felixstowe. I, I mean... Was it important to you? Is there something important about that kind of range of contrasts and about tying them together? Um, I mean, I, to be honest, I, 
I wasn't. I wasn't actually conscious mm-hmm. that that this that this kind of perfectly varied kind of experience was about to unfold itself mm-hmm. in terms of the cycle ride. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I realised that there that you know that that we have a varied coastline here. But um, just because of the nature of the route, and it was a route that was designed by Sustrans, the, the, um, the bicycle organisation, I, 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 um, I, suddenly it was possible to see all these different kinds mm-hmm. of experiences. Um, you know, just that, that there was that wonderful experience when we, when we went to Clacton and they had all these sort of like organised <laughs> bus trips from yeah. Peckham <laughs> and all these people coming off the buses with all their kind of their picnic lunches and stuff yeah. I mean and sort of and then there was a sort of festival of beach get on the beach or something mm-hmm. there was a sort of beach festival going on as well yeah. and we cycled sort of through this beach festival and um, you know and then and then we and then at other points we were cycling along like really really quite un, un-traffic un-traffic-y country roads uh, um, you know uh, past linseed uh, uh, fields of blooming linseed mm-hmm. um, plants. So no, it was very, it was actually very very exciting. It was actually much more uh, stimulating and exciting than I had uh, than I'd anticipated. And you're doing it all again, starting in Ipswich and going to Felixstowe in a couple of weeks' time, aren't you? Yeah, we've got another uh, um, we've got another ride on the. Is it 17? I think it is the 17. <laughs> yeah. And if, if people wanted to join in, what are the possibilities of that? Um, well. I think that it is possible to contact the um, Commissions East. Yeah. Um, and I can stick their details in somehow. Okay. I think it's possible to contact Commissions East mm-hmm. because there may be still some space on the on the ride. But obviously, it, it is possible also to come on your own bicycle as well. Right. So it, it really is open. I mean, it's an invitation to um, to the public, and it's not it's not a um, it's not a private club. It's, it is an open invitation. And w- what happens to these bikes after the Fleet Arts event? Well, um, I mean, I I hadn't in a I hadn't. I'm still trying to I'm still trying to work it out. I mean, I I, I think that um, I've been asked to take the bikes to to do a project in Lille mm-hmm. with um, with partners with French partners who've been involved in this project mm-hmm. um, but I also have been speaking to various galleries um, and maybe possibly doing something at this freeze art fair in, in uh-huh. Regent's Park um, and organising a situation where, where the audience are able to cycle around the inner ring of, of right. Regent's Park. Oh, that would be fantastic. So, um, Alright, final question. I, do you find anything, I mean some believe that, that cycling has some sort of release on, on the sort of inner creative juices and that the, there's something about the kind of rhythm and the way that affa- of cycling and the way it affects your brain patterns that mm. somehow releases creative thoughts. Is that <clears throat> your experience at all? Um, I think that it... I think that there's, there certainly is an element of cycling which is... It's not, it's not that it's antisocial, but it, but, it, but, it, but it somehow returns you to yourself. Mm-hmm. Um... But it also kind of occupies quite a lot of your body as you're doing it, which then seems to let thoughts... Mm-hmm. It, it's a bit like reading between the lines. Thinking while you're cycling is a bit mm-hmm. like reading between the lines mm-hmm. when you're reading a book. Mm-hmm. It, it is obviously possible to cycle for, for, for an amount of time. 
and then all of a sudden go, oh, I'm cycling. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, and, and that's actually because there's been a moment where you've been able to kind of um, access other parts of your mind. So, can a bike ride be considered as a work of art in itself? Turk's Day Out was certainly great fun, partially thanks to the weather, and in quite large part because Sustrans had devised such a great route. But there was also plenty to stimulate the imagination and to make us reflect anew on the world around us, and they are surely two of the tests of anything that aspires to call itself art. Because most of the participants were riding these jolly, rather eccentric bikes, it made the whole thing feel like more of an adventure. Riders were outside their comfort zone, not quite sure of what was round the next corner, and uncertain if they could complete the journey on a bike they'd never ridden before. It felt like we were in some kind of larky road movie, a gang thrown together by circumstance and peddling into the unknown. It had the air of the brash exploits of adolescence about it. For that alone, it was worthwhile. What's more, if you'd like to try one of these rides yourself, there is still a chance. Gavin Turk sets out to wheel again from Ipswich next Saturday the 17th of July, this time bound for Felixstowe itself. It's still possible to join him, and it's free, although you do need to book through Commissions East. There'll be details on the Bike Show's website. That was Tim Dawson reporting on Gavin Turk's fleet events, Les Bikes du Bois-Ronde. And if you do want to go along on that ride uh, next weekend on the 17th of July, um, it meets at 2pm at St Mary's at the Quay in Ipswich. And the ride is to Langard Fort. And you can book through Commissions East on 01353 669094 or um, go to the website, which is www.fleet-art.org. Fleet-art.org. And um, love to hear how you get along. Well, some bikes that won't be winning any prizes for design in an artistic sense they're rather ugly but they may be bicycles which are going to revolutionize cycling in london i'm talking about tfl's cycle hire scheme sponsored by barclays and um, these bikes will be on the streets of london unleashed by the mayor of london in in little more than two weeks time and there'll be six thousand of them and you may have seen if you've been in london in the last uh, few months the docking stations uh, cropping up around town. Well, the bikes will be there in two weeks' time. And I was uh, loaned one of these new bicycles uh, to give it a spin. And um, it's it was a pretty good ride. Very tough, um, highly reinforced. Clearly, the emphasis in the design has been placed upon durability rather than um, elegance, uh, beauty or speed. And I met up with Gary McGowan, who's the technical manager of the Transport for London special projects team, um, to get a little bit more of the lowdown on these bikes. Well, the bike is modelled on the, uh, the Montreal Schemes bicycle. But if you go out to Montreal and see the bicycles they've got out on the street out there, you'll find a number of modifications that we needed to make here for London to make it just uh, suitable for Londoners and, and cover off a number of uh, things that we wanted to uh, to ensure for security and things. Yes, the bike's made of aluminium. It's uh, it's lighter than uh, steel, so that does keep the, the weight down slightly. But you'll find that the bikes are you know heavy if you pick them up and you're trying to walk up and down stairs with them. You're, we don't want people to necessarily do that. We want people to ride them. Um, but they are very robust. And we've got a whole n- number of features that we've uh, designed into this bicycle which make them different say, from the original that they were developed from. There's a lot of tamper-proof stuff, isn't there? So the yep. tamper-proof uh, valves, so people can't let down the tyres um, and that your, your mechanics can keep them at the correct pressure. Um, what else is it? You've got tamper-proof 
bolts on a lot all of the, the housings are all tamper proof so i see that the um gear shifting yeah. uh, unit is that not tamper proof yet that's being changed yeah so that was um, just uh, one or two of them that came through without that in but yeah generally all of the all of the fixings are all tamper proof we've even filling the tires with nitrogen so it's a heavier gas they won't go down as uh, as quickly as they would do if you had uh, air or co2 or something else in there so um so there's a there's, there's another just to keep the uh the, the tire pressures high um, save on the maintenance the tires are all uh, puncture super puncture resistant tires they'll run right com- uh, com- fairly comfortably when they're flat even in order to get you to back to a station so you could redock the bicycle and take out another and such like i really like the um design of the basket it's the sort of quasi basket sort of open basket the idea is that you probably wouldn't put all your shopping in there you know in in plastic bags but you might put your own bag in there and then hook it on with the bungee that comes across the basket in a way presents lots of challenges um for for designers doesn't it we needed to get a basket that didn't become a rubbish bin and again, a lot of other schemes. We, our scheme in London is based upon the knowledge of what's gone on in um, in, in Europe and, uh, and other parts of the world, and some of the problems that they, they've had. And if you put an actual basket in there, something that actually stores things in without you having to secure it in any way, what it tends up to be done is people will end up throwing their rubbish into it. So we needed something that um, the rubbish would uh, not stay; it would fall through. The stations are cleaned anyway, and someone will come and clean the street, and that's a regular um, uh, occurrence on, the, on there. But uh, something that would, that if, you've got, if you've got something open, you've got to have something to secure it. So coming up with the bungee system on the basket, allow, and that, that bungee has a number of different points where you can actually hook it into. It allows you to put all sorts of different size bags in there. Um, and at the same time, yeah, it doesn't become a rubbish. And, and, you, and it's not big enough for someone to sit in it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, in fact, there is some writing on the back of it that tells you uh, not to sit in it, it'll take a maximum of 10 kilograms. Um, I, I should imagine it'd take a maximum of a rather lot more than that. I mean, look, <laughs> look at the tubing. I mean, that's like it's heavy gauge solid. tubing, isn't it's it? It's pretty solid. Um, it is built to take, uh, uh, you know, a, a lot of uh, uh, rough use. The bicycles um, themselves are robust solely for that. They will get a lot of use out there and, um, you know, 40,000 uh, journeys a day, not per bicycle, but for the, for the, the, the scheme, um, those bicycles we're hoping are going to get a lot of use. Yeah. I had a ride of one around and my immediate reaction was that the gears were too low. Uh, London, pretty much central London, yeah. is a flat area. Um, I assumed that the front had a 38 tooth chainring there and at the back I think I counted 23 at the back and then with the Shimano 3 speed that works out as I think a 30, a 42 and a 60 gear inches um, on the 26 inch wheels maybe a little bit more because the tyres are so big but basically topping out at about 60 gear inches that is quite low, isn't it, for London? Yeah, uh, you'll end up spinning if you're uh, a fairly fit and regular cyclist. Um, there's a bit of thought that's gone into this uh, in terms of if you ask somebody who isn't that regular to cycling and this is their opportunity to pick a bicycle up, they don't ride in and out of London themselves, they're not a commuter, they haven't got their own bicycle up here to do uh, a lot of cycling around and they might not be a regular cyclist at home, but they're getting on a bicycle for the first time. If you show them that gearing, they might not say that it's, it's, it's too easy. We've catered uh, the gearing really for a, a couple of different areas. What, the first is that the main users of this the new, are going to be new users that are coming from other modes um, for me they'll say walking or they might be coming from the tube here for, uh, replacing some of their tube journeys or they might be replacing some of their bus journeys and those 
generally aren't regular cyclists in London, so they're not riding in and out on their own bicycle, and they don't have a bicycle here. And the other side of things is that if you have a low gearing in that way, um, it it sort of reduces the sort of uh, the racing mentality. It stops people from trying to go as fast as they can, and you'll spin out rather quickly, and you've you've really got to put a lot of effort in to keep the speed up. So those are the two two main reasons behind it, and we feel that it's sort of going to mean that people will try to ride a bit more sedately around London. They'll still get there within their time, but they won't feel the need to want to race, and they won't need feel they won't get a sweat up then when they're wearing their normal clothing not their sport clothing so two things that don't come with a bicycle that many people but not all necessarily will carry with them on their normal bicycles is um is a lock and a helmet do you take those through Mm. uh first why no lock because the brussels and the paris system do have a little chain lock so that if you're just uh stopping to get a croissant um and you know continuing on your way Mm. you can just chain the bike up outside the shop and, and nip in well, the, uh, the, the scheme we're, we're uh, opening up in central London here has got 400 stations in it. The, uh, there are nine stations per square kilometre. Uh, they're about 300 metres apart. So therefore, you've only really got to walk about 150, 180 metres to any station. We want people to use the cycle hire scheme the same way they might have used the tube or the bus. So it's a journey from start to finish, dock a bicycle and then finish your journey rather than holding on to it for long periods of time or going for a coffee or going to do your shopping or something like that and then coming out. So by getting uh, by not putting a lock on there, it sort of, it, it sort of generates that type of journey. Um, it's the user's responsibility to look after the bicycle. Um, particularly Paris has had a lot of criticism for stolen bicycles, and one of the reasons that they've had a lot of bicycles that were stolen is because of the lock and people would go literally sort of block the bicycle, go for a coffee, go for shopping. Uh, it's only a very small, flimsy lock, and anybody can come through and just cut that cable, and then the bike's gone. So uh, by docking it, you lock it. If you've uh, got your membership for the day, for the week, for the year, uh, you've only got to dock that bicycle for five minutes. More than five minutes, you can come back, and you've got another free half an hour. So the, the, the scheme is sort of uh, um, really set up to allow people to get people to think about docking the bicycle taking it from one place to another and not actually stopping off in a whole series of different places and leaving the bicycle there um in terms of the helmet well of course it's not a legal requirement to wear a helmet there are a lot of safety concerns that people will have um we're leaving this up to uh, users um, themselves as whether they want to, to buy themselves a helmet um we're uh, providing all sorts of incentives um for people to in terms of their membership to, uh, to go out and, uh, and um, get themselves either a helmet that they might want to use for, for their own purposes. But renting a helmet is going to be very, very difficult. And then there's all sorts of other concerns about sort of the, you know, the health issues and the cleanliness and, uh, and that size of things. And it's, one of, it's something that people feel is, that, that is quite personal, personal to them. If you because, look- I mean, the, the, the mayor got into a little bit of a furore, didn't yeah. he, in his early days when you know, he was snapped with his, his blonde mane blowing yeah. joyfully in the, yeah. in, the, in the London breeze and people said, whoa, the mayor's not got a helmet on. Then he did back down and started wearing a helmet, yeah. whereas a lot of people might have expected him to say, well, you know, lots of Londoners don't wear a helmet. I've not worn a helmet. I've been a long-time London mm. cyclist. We don't need to send out a message that everyone has to wear a helmet on a bicycle. Do you think that the, one of the effects of the Barclays scheme will be to kind of reduce that idea that you must be mad to get on a bicycle in London if you're not wearing a helmet. We would recommend that you would wear a helmet. We want people with safety is utmost concern to us. So we are recommending that the helmet is a is a something that you would own and use if you're going to become a, a regular user. What we can't do is provide one as part of the scheme. I mean the net effect is that people aren't going to 
wear them really isn't it i mean it's all based mm-hmm. around convenience and and yeah. just having the little card in your pocket and and checking one out you're not going to be carrying around a helmet re- realistically are you no i think well some people will do and uh, again it's uh, it's the recommendation is that it's a useful thing to do um but it has to be uh, people's own choices with it and so let's talk a little bit finally about the the maintenance um side of things how are these bikes going to be kept on the road obviously you've done a lot of investment in terms of making a bike that's sturdy tamper proof resilient um all those things but when things do go wrong and there will be wear and tear on the chain on the tires um punctures um i I guess the the gears eventually may have problems um and that that kind of thing what's the infrastructure like for for keeping these things rolling well, there are uh, roving bicycle mechanics that will be visiting the stations. Um, they, uh, their, their job is solely to, uh, to go from station to station fixing any bike that has either been sort of recorded as uh, being faulty um, or that they find uh, faults on them themselves. So they'll, uh, they, that's their job, basically. Bicycle, they travel by bicycle, they've got a lot of tools with them, got a few um, spares as well, and they'll, they'll literally travel from station to station. So how many people are... 30, 30 uh, mechanics that actually move from uh, station to station on a daily basis. There are redistribution people as well who uh, uh, will move the bicycles um, from stations that uh, maybe are full to stations that are empty and making sure that um, that uh, people uh, have either got spaces to dock bicycles if a station is um, quickly filling up or that those stations are quickly emptying out uh, bicycles are being dropped in there for them um, to be able to pick bicycles. And have you anticipated which ones are going to be the the empty ones and which ones are going to be the full ones which ones are the top of hills and which yeah. ones are going to be the bottom of hills because that's the way it worked in Paris isn't it and that's the way it certainly works in Brussels at the bottom of a hill that's where the bicycles accumulate and, and people don't ride yeah. them up to the top of the hills because they are jolly heavy the scheme area that we're going live with is fairly flat anyway I mean there are a few gradients and we know that people are going to be sort of generally uh, rolling down but we would hope that um, within the scheme area that we've got because it's fairly flat people are going to sort of um, you know ride them back to, into uh, if they if they're coming in on a commute or they're coming in from one meeting back to another meeting or something like that that they'll actually go back to where they started from um, in terms of the busy areas well we know that some areas are going to be more busy than others um, when, when we've gone live we'll have an idea on how that's actually going to work because as much as uh, and I know the other schemes in in Europe have had exactly the same problems you try to predict exactly which are going to be the busiest stations and when it actually comes around to it they're not they might be one of the busiest stations and we've got some pretty good ideas about where where things are going to be busy um but we'll start addressing that from the knowledge as we actually go live with it these 6000 bicycles are going to be on the streets of London in 2 weeks time 6 months down the road are we going to have Another 6,000? How, how, how are you going to review it all? And, and how are you going to make that decision about, you know, has this been a success? Do we need to saturate a bit more? Because we're still, you know, going to be quite a lot less in terms of density than Paris, which is, I think, at 20,000 or 18,000 or some number of yeah. that order. There is discussion that uh, the scheme will be expanded. Um, there isn't a commitment that that will happen yet. We've got to see how this one this works to start with. Um, there is discussion that obviously we would need to uh, address those very busy areas that we spoke about and um, uh, with more provision in them in order to make the scheme work. But um, as of yet, we'll go live with something first of all. Let's get, let's get it out running. Let's make sure it's working properly and then we'll start looking at um, what happens after that and what the mayor wants to do with it. I was talking with Gary McGowan of Transport for London and if you want to read a more detailed 
review of the new Barclays Cycle Hire Bicycles. And then there's one on the Bike Show's webpage, www.thebikeshow.net. Next week, Paul Fornell will be making his return to the bike show, talking about, you've guessed it, the Tour de France. Until then, goodbye. Goodbye.